Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisman. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hey there, friends. How's it going? Welcome back to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I'm glad to be with you. I'm your host, Richard Kisnan, and I'm very excited to bring you today's guest. He's a chess master here in New York City, uh, but more importantly, he's opening up chess programs here in the city, but also all across the country. And maybe I think, if I understood correctly, some uh, maybe across the world too. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to welcome my friend Evan Rabin to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Evan, what's going on, homie? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm very, very excited. Uh, it was actually great to uh, have a podcast episode on my own podcast with you this morning and great to be on yours. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited to be here. Yeah. I actually want to dive right into it uh, because I, I was listening to some of your prior stuff. Um, and there's one episode that you rec- recently did with uh, somewhere else that I want to I turn back to. But you've got a very interesting story. <laughs> Um, like how you got involved in chess and, and so can you share a little bit about my understanding is like you, you, you came into chess when you were in the second grade, was it? Absolutely. So when I was in second grade, I was at Churchill, uh, Shernaz Kennedy, women's international master, uh, was running a chess club at my school. I basically decided back then and my parents decided it would be something good to do. Um, I did have a couple of friends that were doing it as well and joined the chess club, uh, really just immediately was turned into it. Um, a month or two later, I played my first tournament, uh, won all my games, won the tournament uh, at the Manhattan Chess Club. And after that, I went to the Nationals the month after that. Um, by the way, you know, I definitely was not like a prodigy back then, but um, I had a lot of friends going to the nationals. And I remember my dad was a little bit hesitant to take me to go because, you know, it was a big investment and time and money. And I literally was only playing for two months at the time. Um, but he knew that I had a lot of friends going and certainly would have felt kind of bad if I didn't. So I went. Um, and then I, I've never looked back since then. I've been. Uh, playing consistently since then. Uh, when I was 12, I actually started teaching chess on and off. And then when I was 20, I became a national master. If I can ask you, I mean, what about chess? Like, what, what about it draws you to it? Like, what's, what do you find? I don't know if you want to call it fun about it. Uh, what do you love about it? What is it about chess that you find, you know, like you're so passionate about? Right, right. Um, so yeah, the, the biggest thing that I would say I'm really passionate about uh, is just the importance of being able to learn business and life lessons through the game. Um, a lot of people do think it's moving plastic pieces, uh, which on the surface, of course it is, uh, but in a much bigger context, of course it is uh, the ability to 
use it uh, to learn uh, life and business skills uh, that you could use in everyday life. Um, how now again, let's let's fast forward to now because in the last uh, last couple of years you've you've like started your own business installing bringing chess programs to schools here in New York City other places as well and including while you're still playing in in tournaments here and there right um what what was so important for you to make that pivot and what did it take for you to actually do that go out on your own and and make this you know not not just teaching people maybe on the side or from time to time but making this your full-time business hmm. Yeah, that it's a good question. I always knew certainly that chess would be a big focus of mine. Uh, you know, since I was seven, uh, it was part of my life. You know, I was still playing chess tournaments every week. Uh, it was a big part of my life. It was great supplementary income. Even back when I was 12, I was making 25 an hour, uh, you know, teaching. Um, sure, like two hours a week, but um, still, I mean, not many 12 year olds are making even a single dollar beyond their allowance. So uh, even back then, I knew it was something that could be on income a little bit. Um, and then uh, really, I first graduated from Brandeis in 2012. And I worked for chess in the schools for five months, uh, working full time as a chess teacher. And then uh, after that, I went to Oracle for three years doing enterprise sales and Rapid7 uh, for a year doing enterprise sales. Now, one thing I think is important to point out about that time was I was definitely away from the chess world in a way, um, but I was still definitely continuously involved. Um, I would play tournaments almost every weekend at the Boylston Chess Club uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, I would also um, use it in my in my everyday life as a sales rep. Uh, you know, figure out figuring out how to carve out a territory and uh, you know create the next step. Being able to prioritize uh, my actions, making sure every single hour had some sort of purpose, right? Whether it was cold calling or sending out quotes to prospective clients or going to events or you know whatever it was right so I definitely think chess helped me you know, quite a bit um, you know when doing sales uh, but then actually it was a wedding that I went to back in 2015 my friend Sean and Laura who were actually uh, co-workers from chess in the schools and I went to the wedding uh, at the time I was working for rapid seven and I was in New York for as a guest at the wedding and I literally just was looking at all my coworkers and talking to them, my former coworkers, and I realized how much more I related to them than I did at the people in, in tech. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. You know, I do have a lot of good friends from Rapid Seven that I even talk to today. Uh, same thing with Oracle. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when they were having casual conversation, it was about golf. It was about hitting their numbers, hitting their quota. Uh, you know, going to play golf, going going to ski, uh, you know, talking about the Red Sox, et cetera, right? None of this I cared about, truly. Um, but what what did I actually care about? 
everything the people from Trust in the Schools were talking about. Wow, we're making differences in kids' lives every day. We're teaching in Title I schools. We're uh, connected. Um, and, you know, and I also realized that, you know, my Rapid 7 friends, I didn't really hang out with them much outside of work, with, with the exception of a few. Um, back when I was working for Trust in the Schools, you know, every Saturday we would coach at a tournament together and then go spend several hours together hanging out. So, um, and then other days as well. So um, a lot of it was just, you know, I related to them more and that was sort of one of my aha moments to uh, watch a chess company. Pivoting from that, I, it's like, I want to flesh that out a little bit more. Right, like right now, when you're meeting prospective client partners, whatever it is, uh, however you want to describe it, um, sure. Do you deal with those same kind of, I, I don't want to necessarily call them objections, but on the list of when you're meeting with potential partners, whether they're law firms, whether they're schools, whether they're, I don't know, uh, community programs, whatever it is. Um, when, when you meet with the decision makers, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you find, is, is it difficult for you to introduce chess or um, what's that experience like? Sure. So one thing I will say relatively to selling $50,000 plus hardware and data security solutions at Oracle and Rapid7 is very easy to sell some sort of chess program. Um, and, and it really is. Uh, you know, people ask me, how did you get into 14 schools in your first two months of the business? Look, even myself, I truly you know, question that sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but at the same time, I really do think that it was relatively easy, um, right? And it's just about teaching the value uh, to them. So we do have our three main buckets of programs that we do school programs, corporate classes, and private lessons. And it's important to consider actually one lesson that I learned from one of my professors at Brandeis that lives Sudero, which is the whiffin factor. What's in it for me? By being able to truly understand that for each type of individual. Uh, so for instance, I'll very often put other chess educators and other types of educators on the spot and I'll say, why set up a chess program or a basketball program or a guitar program, et cetera? And they all will be, oh, because it helps with critical thinking and intuition and development. Honestly, a principal doesn't care about that that much. What does a principal actually care about? Well, within two to three months, Mr. Principal, your school is gonna be representing your school and making a name for your school at tournaments. Right, so that's one way, you know, and then when it comes to parents, yes, they do care about the individual basis. Companies, right? You're not going to talk about schools. You're not going to talk about, you know, making a name for their school. But of course, you know, for the law firm, and by the way, I've once asked Lauren Tapper, who's our main contact at Kramer 11, very directly, you know, why are you investing in us? Why are you bringing us in? Well, guess what? There's a big fight for talent. You know, a lot of our attorneys are subject to going to other firms. And guess what? It's actually relatively easy for me to host things like this, 
chess classes that will aid train the attorneys some of the judgment training skills that they could benefit from, but also give them something a little bit exciting to look forward to that will actually keep them at the firm. Um, Segwaying from that, so you mentioned what's the, the, the principle of like when you're dealing with decision makers about taking on your program, the what's in it for me. What about when you're dealing with students, right? When you and the, the other teach, chess teachers you have, instructors, um, are actually meeting with students, how do you, what's that conversation like to enroll a student into, into the chess world, right? From going, understanding, or going from the understanding of, of it as a game to something more than a game. Like, how, what's that conversation like to get a child to, I mean, I don't want to say it has to be love chess, but to really, really become, um, you know, to, to make it part of their lives? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. So I would say the biggest thing is just being able to explain the biggest benefits that chess actually does bring, right? And this goes to those individual benefits, right? And it really, and by the way, um, to be a little bit more specific, actually, I would say middle school, high school, that's where kids do tend to drop off. Um, and it's because they're distracted, right? They, they start to see, oh, wow, I got to get into high school. I got to get into um, college, et cetera. Uh, and then college kids are concerned about getting a job, et cetera. Uh, but the biggest thing, and I was actually talking about this with our mutual friend and colleague, Leona Krasner, the other day, is chess is not a distraction, right? It's not this game with plastic pieces that you just have some fun with. Guess what? There are seven universities in North America that are giving full scholarships for chess. Right, I've actually dealt with a lot of K-12 admissions people that didn't know this. You know, I've dealt with a lot of college people that did not know this. Uh, you know, I remember I'm also on the admissions council of Brandeis, actually. You know, the admissions people of Brandeis did not know this. Um, you know, that said, uh, in fact, I did have a, a Grace Church kid uh, recent, well, not so recently, he actually just got into college, but last year during his junior year, uh, you know, he actually was very direct with me. He said, Evan, look, I, I want to be involved with chess this year. I definitely want to come to, you know, elective, but like, I, I really like, I'm, I'm in the job hunt. I mean, I'm in the college search and I, I don't know how much time I could dedicate to, you know, something like chess. And I explained to him quite the opposite. You know, I said, like, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, yes, we have a chess program here. It's not huge right now. Guess what? If you could be a leader and you could help us grow, I mean, that, that, that would be huge, right? And I actually shared with them my college essay that I wrote uh, to get into Brandeis, which was all about winning a chess tournament, a national team tournament. Um, and it was how I was confident and I built the team. And it was kind of like running a business. And I'm not going to say that I got into Brandeis just because of that, but I definitely think it was an impact. Um, so really it's just explaining to people and, and the same thing with adults. You know, I know so many adults that, you know, have told me, Oh, well, I wish I played chess as a kid. You know, I, I wish, and I'm just like, your point, let's learn. Let's schedule a free 30 minute lesson. Let's go. 
Um, you know, it's definitely not too late. Um, and there are some people that come to mind, uh, you know, for instance, Fred Wilson, uh, you know, is a chess master now. He made master at age 71. Don't get me wrong, he was a very good chess player for a long time before that. But like his serious push and studying didn't start till like his late 60s. In fact, when I like saw that on Facebook like two years ago or maybe three years ago, whatever it was, oh wow, Fred Wilson is a master. I was just like, I thought he was permanently going to be an expert. Um, so it's it's definitely not late. Yeah. Um, you know, actually one of my instructors, Nathan Resica, he basically never played a rated game until he was in his late 30s. Um mid to late 30s and he became a FIDE master. So, you know, it's it's definitely never late. For, for anyone who's out there, they've maybe never played chess, maybe like me, they played chess when they were really younger and oh, it'd be cool to like maybe learn more about the game. Um, but they're not sure whether or not they're ready, like let's say high, engage you or, or something like that. What is there, do you, do you have any recommendations for uh, maybe it's a book or some kind of story to, to like, in, like I, when I meet people and they're baseball is something that people that I f- find either really enjoy or they really don't. I can enjoy watching a baseball game on TV. I really love enjoying a baseball game live. And I find a lot of people who are, who kind of don't like, don't like sports will enjoy live sports. And at least they're a little more enrolled in it. Um, so I would always say, Hey, if you're interested in a baseball game, like go check out a live baseball game. And then you can really, really appreciate what happens on the screen um so is there a way that you you would suggest people who have like an outside interest in chess to sort of give them that window of what what it is like and and i don't know if you have any books that come to mind or or things like that yeah that's a good question um the good thing about today and computers it's relatively easy to get started in chess uh you know for one uh, Steve Abrams actually wrote a book a couple of years ago uh, now um, about teaching chess and getting started. Uh, I'm actually seeing if I can quickly find the name of it while I keep talking. Uh, oh, Become a Chess Champion, A New Guide to Learn and Teach Chess. Um, definitely recommend it. Steve was actually, by the way, on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he had a lot of great ideas. Um, yeah, definitely a great way to get started. Uh, it's actually slated for both uh, kids and adults. Um, also, um, I would definitely get an account on leechess.org or chess.com. Um, there's tons of great videos and puzzles on there. Um, on chess.com, you could pay uh, you know, $20 a year for a premium membership. And there's pretty much an unlimited array of videos and content. Um, some great grandmasters produce a lot of stuff on there. Um, also, uh, for anyone listening to this podcast, um, I would actually personally like to offer a free 30-minute virtual uh, private lesson um, that you know you can reach out to me to set up. Um, and it'll be my pleasure for all ages and levels to uh, to get you started. That, that's that's actually pretty awesome. I may have to take you up on that. Um, It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> I want to just take a detour real for for a couple minutes. I want to actually talk about the chess scene because I was listening to some of your your podcasts, and there was one you you were featured on the Detroit 
Chess Club podcast. Yes, like D that. Wildman. And Great. I was, I could, I, it's, it's almost like oh, gangs in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do people really like track each other and and keep tabs on on what's going on? And is there really a Chicago versus New York chess match? And well, I, you know, part of me wants to paint a pretty picture. Um, I got to be honest. I've been to Chicago twice last year to play matches. Um, wow, 2018. Time flies. Twice in 2018 to play matches um, against Michael Auger and William Aramil. Um, and I lost both of those matches, um, you know, against Chicago. Um, I was actually watching William Aramil's Twitch stream last night. Um, by the way, yes, you could actually check out the National Blitz League, uh, which is sort of the new rendition of the Chicago Chess Blitzers matches um, on Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv slash National Blitz League. Uh, by the way, you can also follow my personal games and commentary on twitch.tv slash Premier Chess. Um, it'll be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I was actually conversing last night with William Aramil on his stream last night, twitch.tv slash Dynamic Chess. Uh, and, there, and there's a lot of action, right? It's a lot of just, you know, collaboration, um, but, you know, there has been um, – yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of great matches, actually. This guy, Nathan Kelly, is doing, wow, just a tremendous job, actually, and just raising excitement, uh, especially people are home now. Um, you know, a lot of people are watching. And, yeah, several days a week now they're doing uh, some really nice matches and, and, and tournaments. Do you have a favorite chess tournament memory? Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I definitely have to say, um, back in 2007, uh, I was on the winning team of the United States Amateur Team East, uh, which is actually the biggest adult tournament that happens every year worldwide. Um, every year there's 330 teams in Parsippany, New Jersey. And in 2007, uh, I was on the team Beavis and Butvinnick, uh, named after me called Butvinnick in the, the 50s, so back that year, the theme was the 50s, um, so we had a, a great name. But more importantly, we went 6-0 and won the tournament. Um, my team that year was FIDE Master James Cortelli, National Master Evan Tertel, myself, uh, expert uh, Nick Panico, and expert Alan Cantor, um, who was actually my former coach and good friend. And uh, I mean, just, yeah, like the, the last match, and we just knew that we were starting to win. Um, it was just exciting. I mean, I've always wanted to like win that tournament. Um, I played almost every year since 2003. Um, I've had some good results with teams uh, other times, but yeah, that year we went six and zero, and we were on the cover of Chess Life in May of 2007, uh, which is the national chess magazine. Um, so I definitely would say that the, the USAID was. Um, of 2007 was our, my biggest memory so far. That's awesome. Um, I, I know we're, we're going to start wrapping up soon because I want to be respectful of your time. But the, the one, I want to go back to Premier Chess. And um, for anyone out here in the audience who might be listening to this episode, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a decision maker at a school, at some kind of 
corporation. What, Evan, would you say, if you were to pitch right now, um, like what would you share about chess and particularly premier chess and why you think people should enroll not just children in it, but again, their institutions and their organizations um, into chess and with premier chess? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I would say the biggest thing uh, is just remembering how customizable we are um, and all that we do, right? So whether it's a three-year-old at a preschool or a high schooler or a, an attorney at Kramer 11 or even a senior citizen at Village Care, like we've taught in the past, uh, you know, we love to teach life and business lessons. Uh, so it's the kind of thing that will, yes, be a lot of fun. Yes, you'll learn, you know, how to move pieces around. Uh, but a lot more importantly, you're actually going to learn uh, how to think, right? We teach a very, very distinct thought process. These are the steps that it takes to come up with a good move. Uh, not just on a chessboard, but for instance, when it comes to little kids, you know, it's, Wow, kid does something you don't like. You hit them? No. You know, you think about it, you think a little bit more logically, and you're like, wow, no, I don't hit them. I actually, you know, either ignore it, I tell them, I tell the teacher, right? And then, you know, when it comes to a business, right? Do you, you know, invest $100 in Facebook marketing? Or no, let's look at all the options. Maybe Instagram is better, maybe SEO is better, you know, LinkedIn, who knows? Right. There's a lot of different choices, um, you know, in your case, in the political realm, you know, and, you know, as an attorney, you know, is this something I should press charges against or is this something that, you know, you know what, it's okay, let's hold off, you know, are the legal fees, you know, for instance, you know, we've certainly not going to name who, but, you know, we had a school that basically disputed a payment, you know, I actually did talk to an attorney and I think we do actually have somewhat of a case. But I know for a fact that the legal fees are going to right. way outweigh, you know, what we would pay him to be our business attorney, you know, for, for this contract. So, um, you know, it's, it's all, but guess what? Like just within, I was playing chess. Um, and by the way, uh, one example I like to use, um, which did come out of Jim Egerton's book, Business on the Board, uh, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, he talked about, Peter Thiel, the founder of PayPal, when he was in a race to sell a solution to eBay uh, against Elon Musk, right? obviously one of the other probably best entrepreneurs of all time, rather than just go neck and neck, he decided to make a chess move and offer a draw. You know, he said, oh, let's merge. They did. He formed PayPal and they both made billions of dollars. And now he's, you know, one of the most wealthy people in the world. But what people don't often know is he's a senior master in chess, right? So that was all chess. So in short, uh, yeah, I mean, if people are looking to learn business and life values through the game, uh, you don't have to be a chess player. In fact, most of the people we work with are definitely not chess masters, but there are people like yourself, actually, that is, you know, a successful attorney or a successful business person or a successful student, and they want to learn things through the game that they could apply to other areas. So, yeah, I would definitely love for people to be in touch with us. Anyone listening, as I said before, 
We'd love to give a free 30 minute uh, private virtual lesson. And yeah, people could email me at evan at premierchess.com or check out our website, premierchess.com. And I would more than love uh, to talk, answer any chess related questions and potentially set up uh, a free 30, mas- 30 minute lesson like that. Awesome. Evan, I really appreciate your generosity. And again, personally, I appreciate coming on the show and having this conversation with us. This was absolutely incredible for me. And again, I, I just, like we said before, just the, using chess um, to help us think about life differently and, and figure out creative ways to, to find solutions. So thank you so much. Um, again, I'll link up all your contacts in the show notes. And until next time, ARNation, take care, be well. Bye for now.